the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's Super Bowl edition of the Spot Track Podcast is brought to you by The Athletic, the sports subscription news website, flooding your inbox, flooding your website, flooding your apps with tons of coverage on the upcoming Super Bowl, the progressing NBA NBA season, which is getting towards the trade deadline, the upcoming MLB season. Man, there's been a you know 2.1 billion of free agent contracts coming in for Major League Baseball, so there's going to be plenty to watch. A lot of players in new in new uniforms at Major League Baseball, and these guys are all over at Kenny Rosenthal. Uh, uh, you know, of, of course, Kenny Rosenthal, one of the major uh, Major League Baseball writers, and now Jason Stark as well. So plenty of numbers on the Athletic as well. Visit theathletic.com/slash/spottrack for forty percent off your first year subscription. We're going to get into some prop bets, some non-sports prop bets. We're going to talk little of the daily fantasy stuff with the Super Bowl coming Sunday. We're going to bring in Scott Allen, cousin Dan, have a little roundtable discussion about what we think are the fun ones, ones to stay away from, our thoughts on the game, uh, you know, Super Bowl picks, all that fun stuff. We're going to wrap it all up into a bow at the end. But uh, plenty of information to talk about here. Let's bring in these guys. We're joined on the show today by Scott Allen and cousin Dan to talk a little Super Bowl, little prop bets, little gambling, little fantasy, uh, everything that goes with the Super Bowl outside of Tons of pizza and chili, but uh, guys, thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having us. Yep. Yeah, good to be here. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's fly through some things here. Nothing crazy. Let's not get down any uh, any long story, long form stories here. Let's try to make this short and sweet because we've got a lot to get to, and uh, these are super fun. We've got some some non sports related ones, of course, because those are really the most important prop bets. We've got some crossover prop bets to get to, multi sport. Uh, and then of course the ones that are actually apply to football. So let's, uh, um, let's start with this. I threw down a couple of general game thoughts that, cause I think this is the approach you have to have when you start, especially when you start getting crazy, right. With these props. Um, and, and let's all kind of have a round table discussion on this. Cause obviously, you know, what I think isn't, isn't the house rules here. So th- the number one thing I'm thinking of, because it kind of encapsulates a lot of the bets is how are the 49ers going to handle Patrick Mahomes? How are they going to treat him? What do you think the game plan is going to be with the defense of the 49ers versus Patrick Mahomes? Because I really think that sparks a lot of the conversation we're going to have here with these bets. Here's my take. Then I'll spin it around to you guys. My take is they're not, they're already not a blitzing team. I think it's 20%. They blitz. They, they rely on that ridiculous front four to do, to do what they have to do. And generally speaking, that's worked. It's been 55 plus sacks this year when you count the last couple of weeks. So um, they're certainly getting the job done, but here's how I look at it. And I'm wondering if Kyle Shanahan looks at it this way too. Isn't Patrick Mahomes even more dangerous outside the pocket, right? <laughs> if you bring four guys and they, they, they come up the gut on Patrick Mahomes and you let him out to the right, to me, that's a bad recipe for the 49ers defense. So are they going to be in contain mode most of the time here? Is it more about sending two up the middle and containing the outside edge to keep him in the pocket? If that's the approach, then to me, the, the San Francisco sack props are gone. Also gone are the Patrick Mahomes rushing yards props, right? Unless you want to take the under on either of those. But to me, I would just throw those out because my, my guess is, and I, this is where I want to start with, my guess is they're going to try to contain him in the pocket, which would eliminate those two elements. Your thoughts. Dan? Yeah, I'll say I, I think... I think they have to contain him. I think they have to 
force him to throw and let San Francisco's secondary do what they have done, uh, especially with Sherman in control back there. Right. So I, I, I would I would agree with that. They have to contain him and force him to have to throw because once he gets out of that pocket and he starts scrambling, anything can go. He, just like he stopped on the sideline and kicked back in uh, and, and ran for another 15, 20 yards. So I, I think – they have to contain him. Yeah, I don't think Tennessee had the I don't think Tennessee had the arsenal to contain him, which is why we saw him rush like he rushed. He really hasn't rushed much all season, so I understand the money going in on his rushing yards. Dan, you're a little bit more conservative with this stuff. Are we overthinking this right now? Um, I don't I don't think so too. I, I don't I don't necessarily think so. Um it's gonna be a challenge to contain him either way. Um he's involved he's involved he's gonna be involved any way you look at it. So it, that's first and foremost, stopping him. And um, once you take away that, you know, that weapon right there, they're going to probably have difficulty running the ball. If that's the sole focus of the D, you know, if, if Casey's offense can't do anything through the air with Mahomes and they have to resort to the run, it's going to be a long day for sure. Yeah. There's no question. I, uh, I just think that's one place to start because a server eliminates three or four prop bets right out of the gate for us, which is, that's a good thing. I mean, you got the list is like 500 now, wherever you look. So, you know, you got to kind of try to refine your list a little bit so you don't go crazy. Well, and to your point, uh, I, I think the initial rushing line on Mahomes was what, 30 yards or something like yeah, that? Yeah, maybe and a little more are, now. Yeah, maybe it already got more. hammered on the over for that. So, um, I, yeah, that, that's a testament to your point that people think he will probably be outside of the pocket moving a little bit. Yeah, I just don't think the 49ers let him get there if it's possible. But you're right. I mean, he's he's the X factor in a lot of these bets for sure. Uh, another X factor, which I think I know this guy's getting played heavy in fantasy. He has all year and he's I think he's certainly going to in, in DFS this weekend. And I think it probably translates to the prop bets too. Debo Samuel, uh, you know, he's the sexy name on that on the 49ers offense passing wise, at least. Uh, is he getting too much love? Should we stay away from, should we think like a, like a DFS player, Dan, in this, where if, if the action is going to Debo, his value is essentially going to drop to me. There's a guy in Emmanuel Sanders sitting on this team that just feels like the right play, right? Yeah, for sure. I think the San Francisco offense as a whole doesn't really move through one person, even when they're running the ball. I mean, it's not only Tevin Coleman or any, they have so many weapons that they have no problem spreading it around. So I think if you were to focus, you know, Debo Samuel's been sort of the de facto number one here over the last, you know, what month and a half, two months stretch in San Francisco. But, um, you know, if, if you're looking for a little bit, something off the grid, I I think you could definitely, I, I think Sanders is a great, you know, under he's not getting a ton of attention. I think he's a great option. He could easily have, uh, you know, a similar, if not bigger day than Samuel. Oh, by the way, he's got Super Bowl experience too. <laughs> I mean, that's not for nothing, right? I mean, this, this is a guy that right. he's, he's going to be able to handle this moment. And, and essentially he, he's a guy who walks up to Jimmy Garoppolo and says, I got right. you here. Right. I mean, I, I love, everything. I, mean, I love everything about Sanders, including the numbers you can get on him in prop bets. And it's the, it's the reason you make that trade when they did. Right. I yeah. mean, they, they, they were in a great spot before they dealt for him. So um, I, I think this is exactly the reason you need him to shine in a moment like this. So, yeah, I'd be all over the over on Emmanuel Sanders in a lot of regards. I think the one, the one number I'd take on Debo Samuel and it's finicky and we, you gotta be careful with this he's got a rushing yard under over. That's, that's pretty enticing. I think it's about 15 yards, um, it, which is good. They've used him a lot out of the backfield. 
except this is such a tough prop bet to hit right now because of, of what is being called a rush versus what is being called a pass. All they have to do is run him in front of Garoppolo and give him that little forward pitch, and that's a pass. So if that's the play they run versus the, you know, the bubble screen that's behind the line or just literally pitching the ball behind him, um, you know, like an end-around kind of thing, to, to me, you can get burned in a lot more than, than, than one way on that kind of a bet with a, with a wide receiver rushing stat. So uh, I, I may steer clear of that one, but that is, of all the Debo prop bets, I think that's the one I stick on. I, his, 40, his 55 yards over under, you know, that's a nice number, but like I said, I'd lean more towards Emmanuel Sanders 41 there. No? Good? Yeah, I like it. All right. Let's talk Kittle. Let's move on to Kittle here because this is a, you know, I think we've all had him in fantasy at some point over the last couple of years here. We know what kind of monster he's been. Uh, Scott, he's been crazy quiet, and I don't know if that's defense is just focusing on him as the as the lone target, sort of the takeaway guy, you know, like Gronk used to get in, in New England, or is it Shanahan sort of playing cat and mouse a little bit here, right? Because you know this guy's a monster. Now, certainly he's been injured, so they've they've probably been slow playing him back into the fold. But it feels a little bit like Shanahan's been saving him for the big game here, right? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, we know how offensive genius he can be. And if he uh, can can downplay it and then all of a sudden unleash him in the Super Bowl, that, that would be ideal for them. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that he is going to be a game changer on San Francisco's team. Um, and if... Kansas City can shut him down in any way, uh, then I think Kansas City gets the leg up. But if for some reason Kittle can get unleashed and get those yards after the catch, uh, it, it, it's going to be uh, quite an interesting, fun game to watch. It's not, but it's another reason I love Emmanuel Sanders, because if you're going to put Tyron Matthew and have him, you know, ball hawk George Kittle all game, I love Emmanuel Sanders coming across that middle as a wide open option. So, again, it's there's more reason to love uh, Sanders here, but I, yeah, it feels like Kittle's ready to burst. I don't know if he's going to be able to. They may game plan him out of the out of the Super Bowl completely. Here's where I like jo- I like George Kittle, and it's a discussion I want to have with all you guys here. Uh, the first touchdown of the game. Uh, it's a it's a popular bet. You know, you can get odds on pretty much any weapon any weapon out there. Uh, I've got some logic with this too. Uh, if we've seen the Chiefs all postseason go way down in these games, I mean, way down, seventeen nothing, twenty four nothing. They just They've come out slow. Let's just assume that happens again. That means all of your first touchdown bets have to go to the 49er side, right? Let's just say that's the, that's the logic I'm taking, and we're going to take a 49er for the first touchdown. Uh, the, the odds are phenomenal. I mean, Raheem Mostert at 6-1. to one, I've, even, I've even seen it at 8-1, to one, so keep looking for that if you like him. I don't know why you wouldn't like him. He had four touchdowns two weeks ago. So, you know, if you can get 8-1 to one odds on Mostert, and you love the 49ers to score the first touchdown, that's great. You can get 17-2 to two on George Kittle. Now, George Kittle in the red zone, to me, that's a slam dunk. So if, if I'm taking any of, any of anyone here, it's going to be him at those odds with the first touchdown. Dan, your thoughts? As a whole, I'm not... I'm not huge on Kittle in general, but I think that is a great, that's a great spot. Wait, as a player of, or just because of no, the no, matchup? No, no, sorry. Let me backtrack. <laughs> let me backtrack. It, it, 
piggybacking on what you guys were just talking about, I'm a huge fan of George Kittle. In this game specifically, I don't know if the ceiling is there, but for that bet specifically, I think that's great odds on something. Sure. Um, you know, if they get in tight to the goal line, everyone's going to be looking for them to run the ball and, you know, a, a little play action screen or something like that as as Kittle falls out. You know, I, I, I think that is a great, you know, that's great odds on, you know, on that prop bet. Now, in that, Kittle in general, I just... Let me explain that a little bit more. I could just see him being left in as a, as a blocker as he really has been the last few weeks. Like you said, yeah. is that injury related or is that game script related? But he's an incredible blocking tight end. Shanahan is going; they're going to run the ball no matter what. So I could I, I could see this being the game. You know, he breaks out. He's had a you know a pretty quiet couple of weeks here, but. Um, I just, I, I'm going to assume that they're going to try and run the ball to start the game until, until it seems like it's not working. Um, so that, that's where I say that I don't love Kittle as, you know, th- some of the prop bets, I would definitely lean on the under, um, you know, his, his, in terms of yards and receptions and something like that. But um, yeah. for this specific bet, I like that a lot. Okay. Scott chiefs or 49ers to score the first touchdown. <clears throat> I'm going to go with the chiefs because I think, uh, as you just said, the chiefs have been slow to come out. I think they may change it up and come out blazing Guns as blazing. much as they can and get up and not have to do a comeback in the super bowl. And with the emotions and the halftime being longer and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to go with the chiefs. I think they're going to get a touchdown first. Uh, Vegas agrees with you, Scott, um, at least a little bit. They've got Tyree Kill at eight to one. They've got Travis Kelsey at fifteen to two, which is slightly better than George Kittle at seventeen to two. And they've got they've got Mostert and Damian Williams tied at six to one favorites. So uh, you know, it's either gonna be Mostert or a Chief, according to Vegas right now. <laughs> at least to the odds I'm looking at. Certainly there's, you know, different versions of this out there, but um boy, there's that's a lot. Uh, do we think both teams are really going to rush the ball this much? Let's let's finish our general thoughts with that because that seems to be the the hot topic and the buzz discussion across the across the uh, the sports media here is that you know what the what the 49ers did last week is just going to be the uh, you know the the carbon copy of what happens in the Super Bowl and and the Chiefs will have to follow suit. Do, are we on board with that? I. I personally think they're going to try and run the ball. Yeah. Um, to your point though, all of these prop bets, you'll probably know whether you're in it or not pretty early. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, and I, and I say that, um, San Francisco's offense is so game script dependent. I had seen a stat that when they are trailing at all, they call 56% of passes. And if they're trailing by, 10 or more. I think it goes up to like 65% of their pass or their plays are passes, which is a pretty, pretty monstrous number. So you're going to see right away where if they fall behind, they're going to start throwing the ball. Now, if they're ahead though, they're going to run it down your throat. So um, that's where I think there's a lot of, you know, subjectivity there where Kittle could have a monster game if they are playing from behind but if san francisco jumps out to any kind of lead it really seems like they'll run the ball but it's my two cents all right so you're buying the uh you're buying the kool-aid on on the on a running game which means you probably like the under in this game correct um i would lean that way yes I, i i i don't say that with any confidence at all but i i just i could see 
this being a slow, you know, a slower paced game where the ball gets run a bus. Okay. I got one. I, I know I made, a, I made a little list for us here, but I'm going to go off the, off the board for one more bet here because I agree with you and we don't have to make our picks until the end of this thing, but um, overtime eight to one. I mean, that's just begging to be bet, right? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that that's an interesting one because I, with the way both of these teams have been, I, I mean, it could definitely, I could see it going to overtime. I mean, don't you, don't we think that this is going to be a pick'em game by the time that it starts? I mean, Vegas is going to have to move it, right? Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it went to one and a half as the as of the time we're talking about this, or is it is it just one right now? I I'm, can't. I'm seeing yeah. one in some spots, so it's it's like okay. it's starting to move. Uh, I, I don't know. I just I think it gets there. I think they, they eventually get to a point where the money is is so close, but and that's fine. I I I, I don't. I'm not sure. I I see it being that close of a game. I could see it being a four to five point game. So you know, betting someone to cover the spread makes a little bit of sense with me, but. I don't know. I eight to one on overtime with two teams that we think are pretty darn close. That just seems like a no brainer to throw a couple bucks at. Right. Oh, I like it. I, um, what's super interesting about all these lines to me is you got a one point spread. You have, you have that overtime bet, which is sort of signaling that it could go to overtime in my opinion. But I did see an over under for biggest lead. Did you see this biggest lead of the game yes. for either team? I think it was 16 and a half. Yes. And it's a one and it's a one point game spread. So they're saying this could be, you know, a, a two plus score game at any point and still end up. a one Well, point isn't game. that a so testament I, to what we've seen from the chiefs? That's what I was saying earlier. We've seen them come out so slow I mean, it's almost like Seabiscuit, right? <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's got to start last and then just, just to motivate himself to get back to the front of the uh, uh, front of the race. That just seems like how they've been operating. So yeah, I, I love, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I love that swing of pace bet because that seems inevitable from one team or another here. I mean, the numbers you just gave to San Francisco, Dan, when they get down, they start airing it out. So why couldn't that force a huge swing, right? Totally. And on the, on the flip side of that, that's sort of why I, I think so much money is on the chiefs right now, but something keeps pulling me to the Niners that if they at all jump out and control that game at the beginning, it's going to go vastly different from how we expect. Now, if the chiefs jump out to that, you know, 14 or 17 point lead, then I don't really know if the Niners are going to be able to, you know, throw their way back into the game, but you know, either way, if they're down a field goal, they're going to, they're going to hang tight and that's going to be a close game most of the way. Okay. I like it. Let's uh, let's jump away from football for a few picks here, have some fun. Then we'll get back into things and finish it off at the end here. But uh, you know, let's get to the important stuff. For instance, uh, you know, are are any of these touchdown celebrations going to contain a Fortnite dance move? (laughs) Scott, I'll start with you. You've got young kids. You you know what's happening here. Uh, Uh, Can you see Travis Kelsey getting into the end zone and, uh, you know, doing the hype? No, I don't. (laughs) I'm I'm going with a no on this one. Yeah. Vegas says no minus 400, but you can, you can get plus 250 if you think it's going to happen. Here's, here's my, uh, here's my gripe about these non-sports bets. (laughs) If I'm Travis Kelsey, I'm looking at this. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it right. I, if, if, if the underdog says I, I have to do it, I'm doing it. 
If I get into the end zone, I'm just going to do the move. A little bit of insider trading. You tell your, your father. No, no, I'm not even saying that. And then you do it. I'm not even (laughs) saying that you just know you can get yourself in the headline the next day. You know what I mean? It's going to be, it's going to be a headline inside of the, uh, the, the prop bet recap. You know, Travis Kelsey did the hype after he scored a touchdown, which, you know, which moved money for, you know, a lot of betters with parlays on the Fortnite. but it's just, it's so ridiculous to say out loud, but that I, all I'm saying is if I'm Travis Kelsey and I see that kind of thing available, I'm just going to get myself ready to do it because I like, <laughs> I like to move the envelope a little bit. That's all. Which is precisely why a lot of places that offer these yeah. pop bets have pretty low minimums, but <laughs> point, point, point is valid. Yeah. All right. A couple man, there's some controversial ones out there. Let's start with the, uh, the political one. Which commercial airs first, Trump's or Bloomberg's? I will just say Bloomberg because that dude seems like he has way too much money and he probably bought all the best advertising spots. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you on that one. That's the underdog pick. You, You know why, right? There's no way Donald Trump is allowing somebody else to go before him, right? Yeah. I mean, true. what do we know about Donald Trump? He's going to be the biggest and the first at everything. So, I, I, I mean, it's minus 350 Trump. So they must know something. That's that's a pretty significant swing in one direction. So Bloomberg is the good the, the good bet here if you if you like it. Um, I sort of do, yeah. All right, I like that. All right, here's the controversial one. Will Mike Vick tweet about the puppy bowl? Insert cricket soundtrack. Well, to, to your uh, to your joke about Kelsey doing that, I did right before coming on. I did see a little tweet thread about um, a bunch of online shell accounts in Vir- around Virginia getting opened up. In oh uh, no, yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But <laughs> Mike Vick having all his friends uh, open up some betting accounts and place prop bets on this before he uh, oh, before he tweets about it. But I'm just kidding. I uh, I would say no. Yeah, for, hard no. Uh, politically correct yeah. reasons. <laughs> hard yes. no. That's a hard. No, obviously Vegas has a hard no on that as well. Here's one boy. I mean, we're going to see him a lot, but are we going to see a rod during the halftime show? Now I got to say that's exactly how it was written on the site that I saw it on. Are we going to see a rod during the halftime show? Now, what does that mean? Right. Does that mean the actual performance or does that mean, could he be sitting at an analyst desk? Right. I mean, to me, that's a little bit too vague for my liking because I think they could certainly throw A-Rod into an analyst mode. I mean, he's certainly got experience there and he, and he's, you know, a Miami guy. So, uh, look at yes is the, is the bet here. If we see A-Rod during the halftime show, you can get plus plus one forty five for it. I don't know why it would be a no, right? Why would it be a no? I actually like the no in this. If it's, from opening note to final note of the right. halftime show. I mean, Jay, it, it, there's a rod is not the side piece to anyone. Except Come on. He's not going to be, a, he's not going to be a fly girl in JLo's show. Get out of here. I don't know. Maybe, but it, even like, <laughs> even if they were to cut, they're not going to cut away from JLo and be like, what's a rod doing in this yeah. moment. But I, I don't know. That's, but if it's at any time in the hour long halftime show, I think he'll be shown for sure. But if it's during her, singing moments. I, I I'm going to go, I'm going to lean no on that, but See, I got to contest exactly. that. I got to contest that with Vegas, the, the, the odds here, because I agree. I think he, they could, he could easily be at a desk talking about the game or talking about the right. Miami experience. Um, yeah. All right. I get it. Let's probably, yeah, it's going to be JLo's show. That's fine. No big deal. Let's move on here a little bit. 
Uh, let's swing all the way down. Do we want to talk about any of the individual bets? Dan, Dan, I know you, uh, you like to jump on these here and there. Uh, any of them really stand out for you? Sammy Watkins, any of those? Um, really nothing that I felt compelled. And really that's just, I, I have a hard time landing on anything because you, you kind of, kind of have a conviction that something is going to, you know, the game's going to fall one way or another, or sure. a certain player is, um, is going to have a monster day or do terrible. And, and I, as I've been kind of pandering throughout this entire time, I, I, I just don't know how this is going to go. And I think so much is going to rely on the opening drive or two of the game. And that could be, um, you know, affected by something as stupid as a coin toss. So uh, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to really want to like place a lot of money in this, but um, there's a lot of sharps out there that make a bunch of money, you know, attacking these all the time. So I probably should do a little bit better on, on that side of things. No, I think, I think the, the sharps stay away from these for every reason you just said, there's just so many X factors that can throw, get thrown into the, into the gauntlet here that take take away your money. I think they probably stay more towards the surface high level stuff because they're they can sort of think those through a little better, right? Right. And and I guess I would I always I always wonder if, you know, people who bet these heavily hedge their bets, you know, because yeah. I assume you have to come up with some sort of perceived game script of how the game would go. And then you're going to place your bet around that player exactly. succeeding or not. So I, I wonder if those guys are hedging their bets though. Like, you know, if I'm going to bet Debo Samuel, <laughs> am I, am I also going to bet, um, you know, See, Emmanuel Sanders I, to I, have a good game? I certainly too, understand the value to that, Dan, but I just can't bet on every horse in the race. That's right, just, exactly. It's just What's the, the thing for that, me. Right? Yeah, it's just the thing. Right. And that's why these prop bets are just, you know, you're drinking beers, watching a football game with everyone you know. That's, in my opinion, that's what these are more more uh, geared towards. So, hey, Scott, let me throw one at you because we've talked about it a little bit here. Uh, Raheem Mostert to have t- more than 28 yards than Damian Williams. 28 yards more than Damian Williams. I said that backwards. Sorry. Hmm. Rushing yards, this is of course. I, I mean, I, I have a tough time with that because if Brita is active and he can get in the fold with Coleman, who I, I believe was practicing yesterday. Yeah, I think they're all I mean, three going to play. You're right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're you're splitting the amount of rushing yards between potentially three guys instead of most are getting everything like he did last game. So uh, I would go against that. I think Williams would probably get more. I think, I think you might have forgotten the m- most important uh, 49ers rush, rushing uh, attack, which could be Kyle Juszczyk. Um, I was going to say, oh, if, yeah. you, if you Jeff Wilson me right now. I can't Jeff Wilson you. I can't go there. And I'm, I'm not giving you Garoppolo rushing yards either, even though that's a ridiculous number. But like Juszczyk, he's so damn experienced. Uh, you, you just like almost like an Emmanuel Sanders, you just kind of feel comfortable getting him involved. I don't think he's going to, I wouldn't bet him to have rushing, rushing yards, but I would bet, I would stay away from the other running backs because I think he's probably going to take some of the yardage away. Um, especially mm-hmm. if they're going to use Kittle as a blocking back, which I agree with Dan on that. And that's what they've done. They've, they've rode that horse for eight, eight weeks now. So um, either they're, you know, they're playing they're, they're They've been ghosting Kittle cause they're going to, you know, unleash him, t- you know, Sunday, Sunday afternoon or, you know, Kittle's going to keep keep doing what he's done, which is block for the running backs. I just think there's too many horses in that barn to bet one of them right now. But, uh, yeah, I, there's really not one. Like I said, I'm going to put, you know, a lot of my cash here on Emmanuel Sanders across the board. To me, that's the one X factor I think that can come out of this with a couple of prop wins. 
Um, but I want to get to here. I'll give you guys the choice. You want to go? You want to go multi-sport prop bets, or should we go to the Super Bowl MVP right now? Do we hate these multi-sport um, ones? Are they stupid? Yeah, it, they're just hard for me to ha- grasp the handle on because you're like, <laughs> yeah. you're pro- you're projecting like two totally irrelevant mm-hmm. things in my opinion. So like, I, I mean, there was like a Garrett Cole's win total versus <laughs> yeah. you know penalty yards or something like that or pass attempts. No, and it's, it's Garrett like- Cole wins versus <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo completions. Okay, yeah. right. I'll go with Cole on that one. <laughs> you will? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I think I think. Uh, well, d- depending on what, uh, like Dan said, if they get behind and they start slinging the ball, then okay. But if, if I think my initial reaction was Garrett Cole wins, I, I mean, that probably is somewhere between what, 12, 15, maybe 18 wins, um, up there. 15 so, to 16, uh, 15 to 16, That's the 2020 I, projection I, on him right now. Yeah. I think I would take that especially with how he's been. And if, uh, Oh my goodness, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take your bet, Scott. Cause I think more, I think it's easier for the opposite to go me too. to go. I, I think you could, if Cole gets injured or Cole or just has a poor year, True. you know, and let's call it 15 wins, you know, a bad year, 15 wins. Wouldn't you love that? Um, I, I just see Garoppolo backing into 15, uh, completions, you know, I, I, and I'm spoken like a true Indians fan here, by the way, folks. Well, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> But I mean, I say that I say that also knowing that bet is out there only because Garoppolo threw eight passes in the championship game and they still right. So with that recency bias on your mind, I think people are going to see that and go, oh, yeah, Garrett, Garrett Cole, he can uh, he can surpass, you know, eight eight wins next year. But really, in theory, like if this game gets into, it's a high point total game. If this gets gets into any sort of shootout potential, I I, I assume he's going to throw a bunch. So look at, I I love, I love creativity, but I'm making Super Bowl bets right now. I can't imagine having to wait until September 27th to find out if I won a Super Bowl bet. (laughs) What are we talking about? I know you got to have some bankroll to uh, to work with there. The the one that's kind of awkward is Giannis points versus, uh, um, Sammy Watkins reception yards because, Giannis gets approximately what 30 points a game or something like that. So you're trying, you're saying Sammy Watkins has to have 30 reception yards to match that or approximately, you know, depending. And Giannis was out last game. So uh, with a shoulder injury, so we'll see if he comes back here. Uh, I think they play either tonight or tomorrow, but all right. He's, um, he's averaging exactly 30 a year right now. Giannis, the, the, right. See, this one makes no sense because of the two players that are in it. Giannis versus Sammy Watkins. Obviously there's absolutely no connection there, but at it, least, at it, least we're talking about the day of we're talking about Giannis's points on Super Bowl Sunday. Correct. Right. That makes sense to me. You can, you can track that at, on the, at the same time. Now, again, it makes no sense because Sammy Watkins and Giannis have no connection. I don't think unless I'm, I miss some, you know, USA today story or something, but I, uh, I, I, they 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 just identified Watkins as the guy who's probably not going to get thirty yards, right? Is that what right. we're saying? Yeah, here? yeah, I would think so. And Milwaukee's playing Phoenix, so I mean, if you take that into account, oh, so it could be thirty five so, forty then. 
<laughs> it could be. <laughs> I mean, Giannis is the favorite. Yeah, Giannis is the favorite in this bet, which is kind of crazy. I guess of all of these, there, you know, there's there's Royals regular regular season wins versus Chiefs rushing yards. At least you got the same city there. Like, oh my God, the mental gymnastics required <laughs> to like even <laughs> even figure all that out. Like, Mike, when we're watching the Super Bowl, I'd love to chat about these in depth. But it's like, if you want me to place money on any of these, good God. Wait. Oh, I know. Go ahead, Scott. No, I was going to say, I mean, some of these other that you have on here, the New York Yankees regular season wins versus total yardage of all touchdowns. Yeah. Or I just I love the creativity. I would never bet. Oh, him. no, definitely. That's what I mean. I think it's a great it's something like we you wanted to bypass this topic a few minutes ago and we uh, yeah. and we keep going on it. So it's definitely interesting. Yeah, we'll just, just make like, fun of it instead. By the way, the, yeah, the Royals over under it. in 2020 is 65. Are the Chiefs getting 65 rushing yards? That's a mm. that's that's a really close bet in my opinion. If 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 Mahomes gets out of the pocket and you count that rushing, uh, I I would say yeah. I think the Chiefs rushing would go over if he gets out of the pocket and he starts scrambling like he did. His his prop bet alone is 30 yards. I like that. Mm-hmm. So you like the Chiefs rushing yards? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I I, th- I like Damian Williams a bunch. I mean, even if you know, even whether they are you know, trailing or leading convincingly, he'll be involved to some degree. So I definitely like I that. I mean, they had 107 last or two weeks ago. So it's not, it's yeah, certainly I guess, not I crazy. Guess I, I guess I like it mostly because I think the Royals are <laughs> a, a dumpster fire. <laughs> All right. All right. Go, go ahead and bet that one. If you're, uh, if you're feeling frisky, I like, I guess I like that one maybe as much as the honest one. Wait, the honest one's probably too close though. Right. It's too close. Yeah, you got to be careful because Sammy had that huge throw uh, reception last game that was, what, 60 yards or whatever, 50 yards. And so that would would easily take him over. That would sink it quick. Unless Giannis goes Kobe. And uh, Sammy's totally the guy who will do nothing the whole game, and you'll think you have yeah. that bet locked up, and then right. in the last thirty seconds he'll break off a sixty. Yeah, but at least something. you can you can reconcile that one by ten p.m. Eastern. I mean, these other ones, I can't even imagine <laughs> having to wait the summer out and and watch the Royals with adoration. Like, what are we right. talking about ex- here? And then explain it to all your friends for the next six months. Well, no, no. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You make that bet and tell nobody is what you do with that one. Oh. Uh, all right, let's get to the MVP, and then we'll make some picks and get out of here. Uh, this has been good. MVP is crazy tough. It's crazy tough um, because, obviously, you want to go quarterback. It, it's just nonsensical to not go quarterback, but... I'm going to try to talk you off the quarterback here. Now, listen, you should probably bet Jimmy Garoppolo. You, you, everybody should probably bet Jimmy Garoppolo to win the MVP because you're getting plus 275 for it, maybe plus 300 at some sites. That's just good. That's just a good logical bet. Anytime you can get a quarterback at an MVP that's plus, you you take it almost three to one on Garoppolo to win because if the 49ers win the Super Bowl, the odds of him winning the MVP are probably 80%, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. So just go and throw money on that and don't even think about it. That's good money. Even if you lose it, it's good money spent. Um, look, three out of the last six Super Bowls have not had a quarterback MVP. That's just a fact. We've had Von Miller. We've had Julian Edelman, and I'm missing one, but there's one, maybe Malcolm Butler. There's been a couple of defensive players that stuck in here. Um, so, yeah, I, lo- I love your stat that you've got uh, on our note sheet here. I had looked that up before, too, uh, about the tight ends. Oh, never wanted. 
that's actually yeah. I think Dan's note. Yeah, yeah, I, I had added, added, uh, added, added yeah. that because I heard that the other day and started. I started wow. to think about. It. I mean, like Rob Gronkowski has been in the Super Bowl recently, but really beyond that, have we had two better tight ends, especially going against each other in a Super Bowl before? Wow. So I know, I know, we just made a bunch of points. Like I just made a bunch of points against George Kittle, but um, I don't know, man. No, I, those were two that kind of caught that jumped out to me um kelsey especially at 15 to 1 odds i mean the the niners have the best secondary in the league you could definitely see hill hardman watkins those kind of guys getting locked up and and i could see um you know kelsey backing into 100 yards and two scores or something like that yeah, but so is that enough that one, is that enough depend it, so any non quarterback you're hoping for just a low in my opinion you're hoping for a low total scoring game period yeah I mean, like, that's it, like Edelman last year that's right that's right right so if Kittle has two or if Kelsey has two touchdowns and Mahomes has four well then yeah Mahomes is still probably winning that MVP but right. if Mahomes has two and they're both to Kelsey and you know pretty much everything else is it's a run game from there or defense dominated you know I, I, yeah. I only like it for that but you're absolutely right. The, all the smart money is on the quarterbacks. And you sh- even if you're placing one of these, you probably should hedge that bet with the quarterback bet as well. Is there yeah, any, Kittle, is there, go ahead, Scott. Uh, I was going to say with Kittle and Kelsey, they almost have to have a point where their, their yards after the catch or they did some yep. kind of phenomenal play that sign, sort of offsets what the quarterback is going to do throughout the whole game. Because yeah, you I mean that's probably blood. why tight ends. <laughs> yeah, tight ends have probably never won because the quarterback is always going to be throwing to those tight ends, and they just the, the tight end is a second note to that quarterback. So um, with what Kittle and Kelsey, if they have any chance at this, they're going to have to do something that just stands out completely outside of Garoppolo and Mahomes, in my opinion. Okay. Right, and everyone else is going to probably have to have some sort of a low ceiling. Correct. And, and I right. and I thought I thought of that exactly, Scott, with Rod, with Gronkowski and Brady. I mean, Brady won exactly. all the MVPs, and Gronk still had big Super Bowl games. So, um, that that to your point exactly, that they're going to need to stand out more than anybody else would typically need to stand out. So yeah. So with that with that being said, me personally, I would stay away from the tight ends in this case. Me too. I mean, I, I don't think either of them are gonna have some uh anomaly game breaking that is just them. So me personally, I would stay away from those tight ends for that. How about Nick Bosa? I mean I, I kind of preluded the show by saying that 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 uh you know I I'm I'm not sure that getting to Mahomes is going to be the you know the right approach. Can he do enough? 18 to one. If, if you think the game's going to play out, Mike, how you said it earlier with them trying to keep him in the pocket. And um, I, I think he could definitely find his way into the MVP. Now I don't think it's super likely, but the odds there kind of reflect that. So I, he was one that jumped out to me that, you know, if San Francisco is going to win this game, it's going to partially be because they run the ball yep. and it's going to, mostly be because they stopped Patrick Mahomes. And I think Bosa is a, you know, comparatively versus like a Richard Sherman or a different <laughs> defensive player, Sherman, you know, quietly shuts people down. He doesn't make a bunch of picks or a bunch of, you know, nasty plays. He just quietly, um, you know, kind of lulls you to sleep. But well, you, you put it on the tee for me because I was about to go to Sherman and it's exactly why I wanted to go to Sherman. What you just said, Dan, he is that quiet shutdown kind of guy, but 
doesn't that mean if he has two picks, he's winning the MVP? Right. I just, I guess I'm trying to say, I see it so unlikely that he finds his way. Like I, I would, I think that both tight ends have a better chance of winning the MVP than Sherman finding his way into two monster play game changing plays. But um, you know, that's, that's just me. Yeah. Mahomes, I don't think has had a pick at all in postseason no. history for, for himself. So I, I don't see him let alone one pick per, perhaps, but I don't see him doing two picks. I, he's too, he, he's too smart to pick on Sherman yeah, the whole time. He I mean, is, exactly. he is. He's not going to, he's not going to say, Oh, I'm better than Sherman. Let me attack him in the biggest game of my life. I mean, I think he's, you know, game. They're just going to look at Sherman and say, Oh, you got him locked down. I'm going to go somewhere else. The rest of the game. That's just my two cents. I, uh, I'm totally with you, but you know, part of what we're doing here with this MVP is trying to find a path to how they could win it. And, you know, the reasons that we canceled out Kittle and Kelsey makes sense. I could find a path to Richard Sherman winning the MVP. It's just going to take two picks, right? Right. So to me, me, if you've got money to burn, if you won some money in fantasy this year and you got some of the money to burn, Sherman at 40 to one is is a spot to put money. It's a spot to put money. And then let me give you one more just because, look, this is a TV show, right? And, you know, putting a guy like Sherman in the podium, MVP podium is going to be good TV. (laughs) Let me give you another guy who's got a nice backstory. D Ford, 100 to one. Mm -hmm. D Ford. It's ruined the Chiefs last year. Could come into San Francisco as a 49er this year. Could come back and beat the Chiefs. And if he has any kind of impact, there's going to be a push for him to win the MVP. So if you have, if you got money to burn, 100 to one on D Ford just makes logical sense there too. All right, let's keep moving forward. Dan, I'm going to put this pretty much on your back because you're the uh, degenerate Actually, DFS gambler. Oh, well, one, I, I no, I just want I did want to point out two more way down the list that are close oh, to the D Ford range. Sleepers, sleepers. I, I personally. Are you going it, kicker here? I, oh, no, I was going to say oh, kickers. No, 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 go. no. So if you're if you're of the mindset that if you have money you like Sherman, if I have money, I think I'm throwing it at Matt Breida at 75 mm. to one. Okay, nice. And let, and let me explain. I also like Coleman at 70 to one, but touchdown Steelers, right? Yes. Brita is, is a game breaking player and he could legitimately win the MVP on under 10 touches. If the game script plays out correctly. So if the chiefs are leading and the Niners are forced to throw the ball, Brita could very well, you know, get more of the plays than, than uh, most are there. And Tevin Coleman is not really active in, in the passing game too much. So I just wanted to point that one out that if there's a long shot, I'm throwing 20 bucks on, I think it's Matt Breida and it's not a sexy pick. It's not, I have little to no confidence in it, but I think if you're, if I'm picking a Hail Mary on this list, that, that was mine. So, well, we'll we can move on here. So I, uh, I just wanted to no, point I like that it. one out. I like it. Now you got me thinking about kickers though. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now I'm going to have to look at the kicker thing too. Yeah. Cause Gould, I mean, Robbie Gould is, is going to have a part of this Super Bowl. There's just no, or gold. Is it Gould or gold? I've always heard gold, but yeah, it doesn't really matter. He's just a kicker. Nah. Um, no, I, I look at, he's been phenomenal. He's been phenomenal from 50. He's like 155 years old. Uh, he's going to have an impact on this game, especially if we all think it's going to be an under game, right? If this is going to be a close game and you know, touchdowns aren't going to be at the premium, then you've got to play some value on the place kicker. And we can do that a little bit here with our DFS roster, I think, but uh, it's it's too crazy to think he's going to win the win the MVP, right? 
Although if you're betting overtime, <laughs> right? If you're yeah. taking if you're taking the eight to one overtime bet, shouldn't you consider a kicker for MVP? I wouldn't crucify you for it. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, with an over like you know at fifty four or whatever it is, I, I think there will be scoring to this game. Um, some scoring yeah, to the point like where it's not like a nineteen sixteen game. You know, kickers have never won uh, MVP either. So we'll never throw that even Vinatieri all those years. No, no I, I just I just looked. No oh, kickers. They get no that was love. Brady. Yep. Yeah. Freaking Brady. All right, let's move on. Let's, uh, you know, the other element of this weekend, and, you know, it might not be as popular because there's only one game going, but it's Daily Fantasy. Um, you know, we've been using DraftKings all year. We're going to keep using it. In fact, we're going to post out a little, uh, Scott put together a, a spot track, a spot track DraftKings contest, a little DFS, DFS showdown through DraftKings. We're going to tweet that Sweet. out. Uh, you know, first 200 entries get in. I, I believe Scott, $5 buy in, right? $5 buy in. Maximum 200 people. Top five win. Top five win. Top five win. All right. So, we'll, you know, we're going to talk about a little bit how we, how we construct our roster, but you guys can get into our contest. Um, like I said, follow us on Twitter at SpotTrack. We'll get that out there as soon as possible. Uh, Dan, I'm going to defer to you here because you're the degenerate daily fantasy guy that we kind of go to here for all of our sports. Uh, I know you've done a lot of these showdowns where, you, you know, essentially you have a captain and then five flex players and the captain gets you, you know, what 1.5 times as money points. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. And and they cost the, that much 1.5 times more than, than um, the normal salary for a player. So um, if uh, a normal flex player would be $10,000, um, he would become 15. If you were to purchase him in your, um, in your, in your captain's. So, when there's a whole slate of games going on and you're doing something like this or really doing any daily fantasy usage is, is the big buzzword, right? You're trying to find players that have high ceilings, but aren't going to be picked by, you know, 45 million people across the world. Um, that's a little bit harder to do when you're down to one game here and everybody knows the weapons and everybody's been listening for two weeks really about how, you know, how this game might go. How much of that still factors into picking your roster here? Honestly, it, if you're in any sort of big turn, large field tournament um, for these showdown slates, it's crucial, crucial that you differentiate your lineup and have something different than what other people have. So it doesn't get duplicated. So um, now whether that means leaving salary on the table or playing somebody who's going to have extremely low ownership, like a, a crazy long shot, like Demarcus Robinson or something like that. Um, you, I mean, I, Every if you're in a hundred thousand uh, a tournament with like a hundred thousand people or sure. even twenty thousand one thousand, all thousand people are looking at the same players you are and they have the same amount of salary and they're picking the same amount of players and they like Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes just like you do. So really, these showdown slates, you need to you need to correlate your lineup around basically a hypothetical game script that you predetermined. So, um, now let me ask you, Dan, does that, does that include the captain pick or do you be a little bit more, a little bit safer with that pick because of how much it's worth to your roster? Yeah. With that, in my opinion, you're really trying to, to target the, who you think will be the highest points, um, scoring player period. Right. Because, um, it's, it's hard to make that up unless, um, you know, you have a flex player that's, extru- that's, that 
like, let's say, um, you know, you, you throw a lower owned player in there and you have Mahomes as a flex player, but everyone else has Mahomes as a, as a captain, like it just to make up ground versus those players. Like sure. you would really have to hit like the 1% player that no one else has in your captain spot. So, um, I really think in the captain spot, you're just focusing on who you think, you know, has a path to being the highest, um, scoring player on the slate. And again, that is not just to say, Oh, Mahomes, he's the best player. I think he'll score the most points. I'm going to put him in my captain spot. Um, you know, you're trying to kind of come up with these like offhanded scenarios that you think are kind of unpredictable that, but that, you know, have potential to actually happen. So would you not recommend putting Mahomes in the captain spot because he's going to take up 38% of your salary cap doing so? Well, I, 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 I'm not even, I guess I, I'm not even trying to say that necessarily. I would more so say if you are playing Mahomes in your captain spot, you darn well better get different everywhere else because a bunch of other people are also going to play Mahomes. So, I mean, if you if you play Mahomes and then you play Tyreek Hill, I, I have I'm not even looking at the salaries with this, but let's say you like fill in Mahomes and three other players in your last two spots. It's like glaringly obvious you want to play this value guy and this value guy. Well. Sure thousands of other players are doing the exact same thing. So you kind of want to, you want to come up with something sort of a little bit different, um, you know, than what other people will do now in this 200 contest set up, you know, with spot track, that's, that's a little bit different where you can probably just focus on who you think are the best plays and the best spots. Um, what I was, the point I'm trying to make is more for, you know, larger entry type stuff where there's just fewer combinations to be made. So what I'm hearing you say is Jeff Wilson Jr. is your captain? No? Ah, well, not quite. No, <laughs> no. but No, but, but I, I but, think Breeder Breeder probably makes sense here, but maybe not as a captain, but certainly on this roster, correct? Right. Breeder was one guy I like um quite a bit in, in that spot. I mean really you can play anyone there. It's just I if somebody if you play somebody like Nicole Hardman there I mean mm-hmm. even if the guy catches one catch for 60 yards and a touchdown like it's unlikely that he's going to be the best play in that spot so um uh, you know there's you you want some ceiling there and you want some floor um but yeah it's you can you can you can play whoever you want <laughs> yeah for sure I mean that's with two where the 200 person contest like we had you're right the variations are going to be minimal um, I mean, there's going to be a right. lot, so, a lot of so crossover. For that, you, right. You just want to, you want to play best players and best spots, best there. players that you can get for the, for the salary cap, which is 50,000. So exactly. Right. I yeah. mean, it, if you read an article, you're going to find who are the best, you know, who's, who's, you know, drastically underpriced or who might be overpriced, but you know, everybody sees those same, you know, values or glaring, glaring spots on the slate. So yeah. just, just keep that in Keep that in and, and it looks like in this, the, the captain, whatever the salary you spend is what the spa, uh, it, it comes off. So if it was a ten thousand dollars off uh, off the fifty, um, you're down to forty. It's not a uh, weighted in that captainship, right? From what I see. So Dan, last question. Uh, you know, maybe more globally, not just our our two hundred person contest here. One game, you got a you got a six person showdown contest. You play both quarterbacks here? It's, uh, I mean, it's unlikely you're going to put both in if you have one of those guys in your flex spot. Um, If you play both, or sorry, in your captain spot, if you play both of them as just flex players, you're probably really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Really? I would. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, even if you think it's going to be a running a running game like you like you mentioned. Um, I guess you caught me here. <laughs> I, I it, you could certainly play both. I'm not saying don't. I just think if you are playing both and they fit into your lineup pretty easily, I think I think other people are going to have that same mindset. So I, I really think it's and that would essentially need a high shootout game. Yes, you know where um where you're you're taking the quarterbacks, you're taking, you know, wide receivers, even if they're depth bottom of the barrel type guys, and you're not taking defense kickers, you know, anything like that. So. Okay. Fair enough. Scott, one last question for you. And then we'll get to our picks in our, in our little 200 person contest on DraftKings, Will the winning roster have Robbie Gould in it? Yes. I will say yes. I like it. I like it. Now there's pressure. I like it. Get get Robbie Gould in your lineup, people. All right, let's make our picks. Uh, let's make our picks with the spread, if we can do that. Let's say it's one and a half Kansas City. Is that what we're saying, or is it down to one? We think. No, well, I think one was right. About one. Chiefs. Chiefs is a plus. Chiefs plus one right now. Okay. What do we think, guys? I'm I'm going Kansas City. Um, I know on a previous podcast I said Kansas City against San Francisco in the Super Bowl. I'm going with Kansas City. Scott, uh, over, I, Scott, over under first. Oh, sorry. Um, 50, I think they're going to go over. Over fifty two and a half. Okay, Dan. Yeah, yeah. I I want to say Kansas City. Every part of me wants to, but something makes me. My gut says San Francisco, so I will take San Francisco with the points, and I will lean on the under there. Okay, so you're you're against Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo, essentially. That's what you're saying there. You want him to win, but he's not going to be a major factor, right? Um, and not even that. I just don't. I I just think if San Francisco is going to win, it can't it can't it can't turn into a shootout with Patrick Mahomes. I guess that's my umbrella policy over you know over that yeah, comment. I that yeah, I I I don't even I have nothing against Garoppolo. I think he could find his way to a nice game. I guess I just I was just going to say I think it was far to, to assume that because I mean this isn't a small over under fifty two and a half is still going to get you you know four touchdowns. You know, right, one, no, it's a, one it's, team's probably going to score four touchdowns. So if Garoppolo has two or three pa- touchdown passes, he's the MVP and the and the and the reason they won. So he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to have a monster game with that over underline. Right. Right. Yep. And that's why I think I, 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 I think it got that up initially the line. I think it started low, got that up and, and I, I'm just going to lean on the under there. All right. Any parting thoughts? Are we good? What, what's what yours? You, yeah. What do you think? Oh, oh, you're putting me on the spot. Okay. I take San Francisco. <laughs> I'm taking the points. I'm, but I am taking the over in this one, guys. I think, uh, I think it, it starts off a little slow. I would bet that there's no score in the first five minutes. I think that's a prop bet that's out there. I think this thing sort of trickles along for a bit and we get a, you know, they, they let us fuel up with a couple of beers before they get going. But, but I think when they get going, I think it will be a little bit of a sea biscuit where they look each other in the eye and they say, it's time to go. And they, we, it really turns into a game. I, uh, I'm just not, I'm not buying into the running, the running thing. Uh, Shanahan just seems a little Belichickian to me where, you know, the last game means nothing to this game and whatever works, then it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work. Now they're going to flex. I think there's going to be major halftime adjustments from both of these coaches. They're just built for that. And, you know, no matter what happens in the first half, I think the second half comes out guns blazing. So I like the over and I like San Francisco and we'll see what happens. This is good guys. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Okay. This edition of the spot track podcast, as always is brought to you by the athletic visit the athletic.com slash spot track 
for 40% off your subscription. They're going to have all the updates on the, uh, the, the updated odds, all your prop bets, all your Super Bowl uh, you know, previews, and all that stuff all weekend long. They're obviously talking NBA trade deadline. They've got all the, uh, you know, your John Hollingers, your Pierre Lebruns for the NHL. Uh, again, they're approaching the trade, trade deadline as well. And, oh, by the way, pitchers and catchers report in about two weeks here for, for Major League Baseball. So the Athletic's going to have all coverage for all of your sports. Stick with them. Again, visit theathletic.com slash track. Thanks for listening to Scott, to Dan, myself. We'll be back in a couple of days. Thank you.